there are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 High FM. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this week's edition of Soul to Soul on Erev Shabbos Kodesh, <coughs> Pashas Mishpotim, first day of Rosh Chodesh Adar. What an amazing and special day, and what a banner Shabbos this is going to be. It's a three Sefer Torah Shabbos because it's Rosh Chodesh, and it's also Pashas Shkolem, and it has all the all the all the crowns. Let's start quickly with something from the very end. Of the Pasha. It says, Vayokam Moshe of Yeshua Meshur. So Moshe stood up with Yeshua as students, and Moshe went up to the mountain of Hashem. He was going to spend 40 days there to receive the entire Torah after the initial events of Mamel Asina, of Matan, of Matan Torah. But Yeshua goes. But the truth is, Yeshua wasn't commanded to, to, to uh, to accompany Moshe Rabbeinu, nor did he really have any function at all. At, at the mountain. Nonetheless, he was a loyal student. He was a loyal servant. And therefore, he accompanied his Rebbe and waited for him at the foot of the mountain for the entire 40 days until Moshe returned. And the question is obvious. What did Yeshua achieve by waiting at the bottom of the mountain? If he thought he would miss something, so he could easily have set his uh, proverbial alarm clock for 40 days later, you know, in the morning, and then run up to the mountain and wait for Moshe. Why did he camp out at the mountain for 40 days, despite knowing full well that Moshe Rabbeinu was not going to come down until the appointed time? What was actually to be gained from from waiting? So perhaps the answer might be Yeshua wanted nothing to come between his holy rebbe's leaving and returning. The, the the relationship that he had with Moshe was one of Loyomush Mitoyahoel, as you'll see in, in, in Pashiksisa. He never left the tent. Yeshua's essence never left Moshe's tent. He was bound so to speak, body and soul to his Rebbe. What took place when his Rebbe left him? When his Rebbe left the tent? How was Yeshua to, to maintain his uh, kind of unimpaired relationship to Moshe Rabbeinu? He did this by remaining with Moshe until the very last possible moment and then remaining at that same place, unmoving, not returning to the communal camp, so that his mind remained attached to his Rebbe. It's unbelievable. Without pause or interruption, until Moshe Rabbeinu came, came back. That's what is meant by not leaving the tent. His body, as well as his mind, was totally, totally connected to the tent. That is a Talmud. A Talmud who is completely dedicated and, and wants to have that kind of connection with his with with his rebbe and 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 never and never wants to need never wants to separate himself that that's that is the the ideal because you know this so much that we can learn from from our teachers you know we have we have teachers obviously who who are able to impart to us uh, 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 Torah thoughts who are able to teach us Torah areas of Torah maybe we don't understand or that we can't do by ourselves so of course that is one of the primary roles. Of, 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 of a Rebbe to, to learn Torah from. But it's, it's much more than that. A, a, a Rebbe is, is much more than just some kind, that, than just a glorified Torah teacher. We really have to have a connection to, to Rebbe. We have to understand that everything that goes on in our life, not that he's going to, you know, be some kind of guru who's going to do everything for us. But when we have questions, when we have issues, when we have things that need to be, be brought out in our lives, and we're not sure there are a lot of different sides, there are a lot of different issues, 
to sit with your Rebbe and, and get his opinion, get, get into his, his mind of how he thinks, of how he interprets what the Torah says, because a, a, a Rav uses his knowledge of Torah, his knowledge of the, of the person together to, to work out what, what to do. To be a Yeshua, to be someone who is so connected to, to his job. It doesn't mean that he's, he's, he's a nag and, and he's on the phone every three, every three minutes. You don't have to even be that. You can have a, a, a intermittent, you know, it's time-wise connection, but there can still be that soul, that soul connection where everything that is important in your life, you don't decide by yourself, but you speak with your Rebbe and get an idea about Torah and Torah thinkers and Torah personalities view all types of issues. We're going to come back in a moment with much, much more amazing Torah and insights. We're just going to go to the shops for a moment. This is 11.9 High FM, soul to soul. Please don't run away. High FM, your station of choice since 2008. 11.9 High FM, soul to soul. On Friday afternoon, Erev Shabbos, Kodesh, Pashas, Mishpatim, which is also very Shredish Adar, which is also Pashas, Shkalim, an amazing, amazing Shabbos. But let's spend this segment dealing with some very, very hard and serious issues. There's a negative prohibition in Sikh Pasha. You may not cause any pain to a widow or orphan. And it's quite understandable, almost self-understood, that one shouldn't afflict a widow, an orphan. Why would anyone who has even a a, a modicum of, of human decency have to be commanded not to take advantage of the weak and defenseless. However, sadly, when a prophet can be made, or one can sort of assuage his own ego by dominating over others, human decency flies out the window and has little meaning and even less influence. Zal from Gustin was asked, why the title emphasizes that one may not afflict a widow and, and an orphan, as if one is permitted to do so to an ordinary Jew who is not a victim of tragedy? The title writes, when, the, when he cries out, when the orphan or a widow cries out, I will surely listen to his cry. Does this mean that Hashem doesn't answer the cry of an ordinary Jew? Certainly. Hashem listens to everyone. Right? What distinguishes the widow and orphan from other Jews who are unfortunately victims of, of various travails? The Rebbe replied, when an ordinary Jew cries out to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, if he is justified in his grievance, Hashem listens. If, however, his complaint requires serious validation, Hashem doesn't listen. But if a widow or orphan cries out to Hashem, he listens regardless of justification or not. Hashem listens to them all the time. That's why the Torah writes to be so careful and warns us to be aware of their of their cries. We know, besides being the great Tamachacham that he was, and became the 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 Paisik Hador, the generations halachic uh, arbitrator. So he was a really unique blend of, of of brilliance, but coupled with incredible humility. His love for all Yidden was legendary. His sensitivity towards the weak and defenseless was extraordinary, as as we'll see in, in in the following in the following story. Early one morning, an Avrech, a young Tamachacham, living in the area in the Harnoff area of Yishlaim, called an ambulance for his wife. She was about to give birth, and it was best that they reached the hospital as soon as possible. Suddenly, as they were preparing to leave for the hospital, the young man's heart gave out. The medics worked on him 
to no avail. Tragically, he died before his wife gave birth to their son. The tragedy was great. The grief was overwhelming. But, as Jews who are maminim, who are believing Jews, we know that we have Avinash Vashman, we have a Heavenly Father who decides everything that occurs in this world. So with tremendous faith and trust, we carry on. The young mother was heartbroken. Her life was presently shattered. But she was well aware that now there were certain halakha questions that had to be clarified. One of which was, could she give her newborn son his father's name? That her late husband had died at a young age, which was reason, perhaps, as many would say, to refrain from naming her son after him. She asked someone to approach Ashlom Zaman with, with the Shaila. After hearing the question, Ashlom Zaman's immediate response was, I would like to visit the mother. He wanted to hear from her in person so that he could hear her story firsthand and then give the proper, the proper Pesach. So, Shloim Zalman generally didn't visit women in the hospital. This time, he, he digressed from his normal minig and he went to the hospital. He sat with a young widow and comforted her in, in her, in her, in her bereavement. He instructed her to name her son after the baby's father. This boy will not have a father. I want you to know that I accept upon myself to be his father. Furthermore, I will be a father to your other children, and I will take care of them and of you too, just like a real father. Shlomo Zaman kept his word, despite having no prior acquaintance whatsoever with the family. He filled the role of a concerned parent to each and every child, involving himself in both their ruchness and their spiritual and and physical material well-being. That he assisted the widow, mother, in 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 marrying off all of her children. And he later helped her to find her own spouse as, as well. We can learn one powerful lesson from this story. Chesed means more than, you know, writing a check or even making a phone call. It means making an attempt to fill the needs of the beneficiary. A widowed mother needs reassurance that someone has her back and is going to be present for her. An orphan never requires a parent to fill his void. Obviously, the benefactor cannot be the parent, but he can fill that emptiness. For some, writing a check is a way of saying, here, take this, help the family, but please don't bother me. For others, it's a way of, yeah, kind of massaging their own, their own guilt. Well, no one, of course, is ignoring the check. <laughs> we need the check. But true chesed means filling the, the need of the, of the, uh, of the person that, that is, that is in need. There's a well-known incident that occurred concerning the, the Chofetz Chaim, which, due to its tremendous, tremendous lesson, deserves almost to be to be repeated. There was a very, very wealthy philanthropist who came to Raden to obtain a bracha from from the from the Chofetz Chaim. The man entered the room and was shocked at the Chofetz Chaim's cold response to him. Instead of, of you know giving him the respect that he was used to receiving wherever he went. He was the recipient of a really, almost like an icy stare from 
from the Chofetz Chaim. This could have traumatized anyone, but being a decent person and not really arrogant, so he asked to speak with the Chofetz Chaim. He was beside himself over, over, over the Chofetz Chaim's puzzling welcome. He finally confronted the Chofetz Chaim and asked Rebbe, what did I do to deserve such a, such a, a cold, a cold stare? The Chavetz Chaim looked him directly in the eyes and said, It is all your fault. Now the man was even more perplexed. Rebbe, what is my fault, he asks. Says more than three million of our brothers and sisters are suffering pain and oppression, both physical and religious, under the harsh yoke of communism. Everything that they are experiencing is your fault. Many years ago, the Chavetz Chaim continued, you administered a school which had a student by the name of Label Bronstein who challenged his Rebbe and the entire system. He was an orphan who had lost his father. He lived with his widowed mother who struggled to put bread on the table. Disciplining her Label would have to wait. The pressure on Label was too much for a young boy to bear. So he acted out and caused trouble. He wanted to share his deprived childhood with everyone. In the end, you lost patience and had Label removed from the school. He felt that he had a responsibility to the other children, which he did. But as a result... Label intended a secular school where he flourished. He reneged his religious heritage and became a secular leader. Indeed, one of the founders of communism. He became the supreme commander of the Red Army. Yes, Label became Leon and Bronstein became Trotsky. Leon Trotsky, who was responsible for so much Jewish suffering, was the boy whom you ejected years ago. Now I ask you, who's responsible for all this pain, if not you? 101.9 Chai FM, Soul to Soul. We'll be back in a minute. Chai FM, your station of choice since 2008. 1.9 Chai FM, Soul to Soul, on air, Shabbos Kodesh, Pashas Mishpatim, which is also Pashas Kodesh, which today is Rosh Chodesh Adar, the first day of Rosh Chodesh Adar. Tomorrow will be Adar, time of Simcha, time of, of Mamish, of, of Freilichkeit, for the Yidden and, and Davka. Even now, during this pandemic, and things are still looking gloomy, things are still looking sadness, difficulties all around us, still when Adah comes, we have to somehow do something to make our lives more meaningful, more focused, and more full of Simcha. We have in our Pasha a very interesting Pasuk. Pasuk says, which literally means the number of your days I will fill out. And the obvious questions we have to understand is, what does it mean? What, what brach is this? The number of your days... I will fill out. I can understand if it said that I'll give you long life. That would make sense. Your life will be longer. What does it mean? I'll fill up the, the number of your days. So, there's a very, very beautiful and important lesson here. And just as a introduction, the Gemara and Brachas on Davches says that anyone who manages to do Shnayim Yikavechatagam, and every week finishes and goes to the Parsha that we're going to read that Shabbos in Shul. So it says, Marichin Layamov Ushnaisav. We will lengthen his days and his years. And again, the question is, what what is this repetition? His days and and his years. So the the Benishchai explains in, in the Sefer Ben Yoyada, 
Arichus Shanim, when it says length of years, that means that it's the quantity. You're going to have a longer life in a number of years. Right? You'll live as Hashem for many years. Arichus Yamim, the intention is the quality. That your days will be full and they'll be good. It's, it's well known that after the, the Petira of the, of the Svas, of the Svasemis, the Gerebbe, so his son, the, the Imre Emes, turned to his brother, Ramesha Betzalel, Hashem Yinkoim Domai, and he said to him, I don't understand. Abba had Arichus Yamim. And Moshe Batal said, What do you mean? But uh, Abba died, uh, he hadn't even uh, finished. He died at the age of, of 58. That's not Arichus Yamim. He answered, No, no, no. Abba had Arichus Yamim. His days were full, full, full. And like each day, became longer and and extended and allowed him to accomplish much, much more because he was able to somehow take advantage and utilize all his time and all his days to their absolute fullest. And that may be the intention of es misbar yomech amalei. In other words, that your days will be full when a person merits, when a person zeicha to real bracha, in 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 their questions of time, he'll be able to accomplish much more in a shorter time than you ever imagined possible. There once came a a a very very serious shaila about an aguna, a woman never whose husband had disappeared, and and hadn't given her a get, and and she wouldn't be able to get married. And the Shaila was brought to Rav Yosef Shal Natanson, the Shaila Meshiv. And it was, it was a very, very, very serious Shaila that no other Abonim wanted to take the responsibility of giving, of giving her a heter and allowing her to get, to get married. And, and this woman remained in, 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 you know, the, in the bonds of, of being an Aguna for, for, for many years until Finally, she came to Rav Yosef Shal, and he learned up and, and he clarified the the question with his Talmudim. For, for two weeks, they spent learning the sugya, and eventually, he wrote a long tshuva, a long responsa, and he proved with many, many proofs that she's allowed to get to get married. But even the Shalomayshev was afraid to allow her to get married. And he didn't want to take responsibility on his own shoulders until Rav Chaim Tzanze would agree with him and, and, and allow the woman to get to get married. And therefore he asked the woman, this woman who was the Aguna, that she should travel to Sanz and to ask the Tzanze Rav that he should join him and and also agree to allow the woman to get married. And this was a few days before Rosh Hashanah. And therefore, when 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 the Goyim of Yeshua saw that the woman was ready, getting ready to go to Sanz, he, he suggested to her that she should wait till after Sukkot, because certain was uh, certainly she would no way that she'd be able to get in. To, to the Rebbe on those packed days of, of the Yom Nuraim and, and, and Chagasukas, where obviously all the Hasidim were, were coming to spend the Yontif together with the Rebbe, and he was, in, you know, obviously in very celestial, uh, heights during that time, and, and certainly they wouldn't, they wouldn't let her in, uh, uh, during that time. And therefore he suggested that it'd be better for her to wait until after, after the Yom Nuraim. The woman couldn't wait. She was so, so broken. You know, after so many years of, of, of waiting and, and, and not being able to, to, to do anything without being able to get married. So she didn't, didn't listen 
to the Yerushal, and straight away she traveled to Sanz. And she got there between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And she stood outside his house and, and, and didn't, you know, abandon her station. She was there every day from morning till night waiting, waiting. And even when the Hasidim wanted to remove her, she didn't agree. She stood aground and she just, she, she remained there. And, and that was the situation until the night of Erev Yom Kippur, where all the Hasidim and even the Gaboim were busy preparing to, to do Kaparis early the next morning. And the woman saw that there was no one by the Rebbe's room. And even the Gaba wasn't sort of standing guard like he usually did. So she went right in, opened the door to the, to the Rebbe's room, to the Rechaim's room, went in and put on his table the tshuva that the Yeshua Lomeshev had prepared. And she began to cry. And she begged the Rebbe, please have Rachmanus on me. I'm waiting so, so, so many days. I, I, I need this, this head. When the Debrechaim saw the tshuva, he understood there's something important going on here. And he looked at it carefully for a long time. And then he said to the woman, don't worry, tonight I will sit and I'll try to find a heter for you. Straight away, he called Rav Zanvil, who was his uh, secretary that wrote all his chivas. And when Rav Zanvil came, he said to him, right, Zanvil, sit and begin to write. And he began to say to him word to word the words of his of his tshuva. Uh, Two hours later, Sanzra finished writing the tshuva and concluded that the woman is allowed to get married, signed his name, and gave it to the to the woman that she should take this letter back to of Yosef Shalom Masonson. Straight away, Moetzia Kipper, she traveled back to uh, Lemberg, and after Sukkot, she went into Rav Yosef show and showed him the tshuva of the Divrechaim. And of course, Rav Yosef Shoh was amazed that Rav Chaim's sons managed to write such a deep chayla in, 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 on such a serious issue in such a short time, two hours. And when he looked at the at the tshuva, he was even more impressed, and and obviously he was very happy that his opinion was exactly the same as the great Sanzarov that uh, Divrechaim, in fact, strengthened his his words with other other proofs and and made it even more a stronger case. When he finished reading the tshuva, he asked the woman, "Tell me." How did you manage to get into the Rebbe's room so, so fast? So she, the woman told him that <laughs> it wasn't easy for her to get in, but you know, they, would, they weren't going to let her anywhere near the Rebbe's room. And then on the Erev Yom Kippur, where everyone was busy with, uh, with uh, he wasn't paying attention. She managed that opportunity, took advantage, and went into the to the room, to the Rebbe's room, Mamish, the Kodesh Panima, showed him the, the letter, and he sat down on the spot and wrote this tshuva to, to, to allow her to get married. When Rav Yosef Shal heard this, he said to his Talmidim, look at this, my Talmidim, even I, I'm not a Rebbe, and I don't have Hasidim, nevertheless, there's no way I would have the, the ability to sit down on, on the night of Erev Yom Kippur to write a tshuva. And the Tzanzarov, he's a rabbi to thousands of Hasidim, and he's busy with them. He managed to sit down on the night of Erev Yom Kippur, and he wrote this deep tshuva without even looking in the, in the, in the Sfarim. And, the, the, certainly the, the Yitzhav Lev also once said, says, I, I'm, I'm so jealous 
of of the sons of Rav. Why? Because listen to his schedule on Erev Pesach. In the morning, he managed to learn his normal uh, a set of things that he learns every day. And then he went to Daven Chakras. And after davening, he, you know, he accepted people. People came to him for brachas. And after that, he had a, a tish and told over certain stories that he always told on Erev, on Erev Pesach. And after the tish, the Hasidim drank whatever, uh, 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 you know, uh, rounds was left over, you know, Bihamits before, before, before Pesach. And then after that, he went to burn the chametz. And after he burnt the chametz, it was still, wasn't even yet the time of the, the, the deadline for eating chametz. It says, I, I get up at Pesach in the morning and I hurry to daven as, you know, while I still have a bit of time. And <laughs> by the time I finish my davening, it's really time of, uh, to stop eating, eating chametz. So the 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 Klezenbegorov, he he explained, in, in this way the pasuk the pasuk says, "Leman yirbu yemechem," so that your days will become yirbu. It means that the days themselves get bigger and get longer, so that you're able to accomplish much much more. And uh, you know, Ramei Pashlan used to used to say. He said that it says, Vaihi Mikates Shinosayim Yamim, which literally we translate was, so the dreams of, of Paro, it was at the end of two years. He's, he's, he, he, he understood a little bit differently. He said, sometimes a year unfortunately gets to the, you know, Mikates, he gets towards the end of his, of, of his life. It's Vaihi Mikates, it's really, thought the end of his life and now he looks back and he sees what did he accomplish in his in his life how much how much did he really do and he gets the fright and he realizes that it's only that at the end of the day from his whole life maybe you could say in total two years of his life was 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 time that was really really well well spent so we see that this concept of arichos yamim is explained that the day itself becomes longer and a person is able to accomplish so much more. And unfortunately, the other way around also. When there's no bracha in, in time, person gets incredibly little done in a, in, in a day. And maybe we can, with this, explain even the, the mission in Perkyavis. Mishnah Bekiyavis says, Marbe Taira, Marbe Chaim, that the, through a person using and utilizing his time properly to learn Taira, he's Zaychet to this tremendous bracha in the time, and his life itself becomes longer. The days become longer, and he's able to accomplish so much more every, every day. And maybe there we can also Explain the, the Gemara in the last parak of, of Yuma, where it says, Amra Shur Barachmenya Amra Biyanison. It says, Gedayla Tshuva. Tshuva is such a great thing. Shemareches Yama Vushnasa. It lengthens a person's days and his years of Shinema. Means a person in Yecheskel. Uveshuv Rasha Mirishasai. When a Rasha does Tshuva from his evil, he merits to to live. In other words, Chazal are, are are kind of repeating the issue, and they're saying that what's going to lengthen a person's days and his years? What does, what does that mean? It teaches us when a person really regrets the the bad things that he's done. So he he merits that Hakadosh Baruch Hu gives him a bracha in his time in order to, to be able to accomplish whatever he hasn't done in his in his uh in, in his lifetime till till now. Heard that the Chavitzchayim brings a, an amazing marshal. He says, you know, those of you who are a little bit older will remember there used to be something called postcards. You know, you write a letter, you took a card or 
hard one, and, and you wrote one pic, one side was a picture, maybe just the address, and you wrote a message. And, uh, yeah, usually when you began the letter, you would scroll nicely, you know, in a legible print. And then you kind of get halfway down the letter and you realize there's actually a lot more you want to say. And now there's only a very, much less space. So you start writing much, much smaller. I remember when I used to go to summer camp and we had to write postcards to our parents in order to get lunch. Uh, I, I once set a record, I think, of, I don't know, 32 lines or something, uh, on a, on a, on, on a postcard. And, and, and the Chavaz Khan said, that really is life. You know, when we're young, we think we have lots and lots of time. And we take it slow. We enjoy ourselves. We don't do all that much. And life is a jaw, as they say. And then we kind of get half through and they say, well, there's still so much to do. And we started going faster and we start trying to do more and more and more and more and packing it in. And, and sometimes we get to the point where the broch is out and, and our time is up and we haven't accomplished, we haven't accomplished anything. And we haven't accomplished everything that, that, that we need to. This is therefore we need to, we need to stop. We need to realize that we can utilize the broch of Zaman, the broch of, of time can, can be utilized. We have to try, we have to make the effort. And then the Rabbanu can, can, uh, can, can, can help us. You know, we can, we can, we can build, we can do, we can do so much with, with, with just utilizing our, our, uh, our, our, our time and, and, and making, you know, utilizing our time and, and utilizing the time around us and just making people feel that, that, uh, that we, we, we want them and, and, and we care about them and that it, it's, there's something valuable about, about them and about what, what they're doing because what what makes us motivated to do more and to accomplish more is often that we feel what we're doing is is so important. When when the Panavicharov built the the yeshiva, so he took as workers many many of the shares a plate of the never broken people who had come out of out of uh, out of uh, out of Europe, the the survivors of the of the uh, of the Holocaust, and one of them was uh, Rav Moshe, who served the yeshiva as a Carpenter, and his main job was to fix all the broken shtenders in 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 Yeshiva. And one day it was a very hot day, and the part of which Rav saw of Moshe sitting, and the sweat was just dripping off his body, and he was really working hard to fix a certain shtender that had definitely seen better days. And the Rebbe went over to him, and patted him, patted him on the shoulder, and said to him. Uh, Maisha, what's chus we have? Thirty years we're together building the, the yeshiva. Uh, Maisha stood up straight and smiled. And from that time on, he told anyone who would listen, and even those he wouldn't listen, you hear what the Panamachurav said? The two of us together are building the yeshiva. What a way of making a person feeling that they have purpose, that they have life, and, and, and they want to now. Accomplish so much more because it has so much, has so much meaning. It's misbayomecha. Let's make our days, let's make the days of all those who are around us so meaningful by being as active as we can, by being as busy as we can, being as productive as we can, and, and helping others and inspiring others to also utilize their time and, and be productive and accomplish, and accomplish great. This is 11.9 High FM, Soul to Soul. We're going to go to the shops, but please stay with us. We'll be right back. High FM, your station of choice since 2008. 11.9 High FM, Soul to Soul, on Friday afternoon here in Johannesburg. Erev Shabbos Kodesh Pashas Mishpatim, which also is the, today's the first day. Of Rosh Chodesh Adar, Layudim, Layudim. Oh, sorry, I'm not going to sing to you. Um, and this Shabbos is also Pasha Shkolm, the first of the four special lanings for Shabbos. So let's do as we always do at this juncture, talk about the important times and details for this Shabbos. So of course, it is today's Rosh Chodesh and, and Shabbos also is Rosh Chodesh, today Rosh Chodesh. So, Shabbos Kodesh, the the earliest time for lighting Shabbos candles is about five thirty uh, this afternoon, 
getting a little bit earlier. 5.30, you can already get get up and begin this very, very special triple crown Shabbos. You know, there are some people who have a minute that uh, when there's a Shabbos where they take a three-sifre Torah, like we do this week. So it's such a special Shabbos that they have three different kugels. I'm not saying you have to do that, and certainly I'm not telling you this at, uh, at 20 to 3 on, on a Friday afternoon that you should, uh, you should start making, uh, extra kugels, but it's just, it's just a, a fun thing. It should be a special, a special Shabbos. So 5.30 is the earliest time for lighting. <coughs> the prescribed lighting in summertime in Johannesburg is quarter past six, which is when many communities begin, uh, a Shabbos. And of course, if you belong to one of those communities, you really should have your candles lit by that time, by quarter past, quarter past six. The latest time for lighting candles is at 6.35, 25 to, to seven. That's the latest time you can do that. Therefore, Shkia is at, uh, uh, let's go, sorry, at uh, 6.52. Um, no, 53, sorry, 653 would be, uh, would be uh, Shkia. And, uh, therefore, if you want to, uh, daven, uh, Mayrev after night and not have to, uh, not have to wait. So you'll have to wait till about, uh, just past 10 past seven. And then you'll be able to daven Mayrev as and not have to, uh, repeat. And of course, it's Rosh Hashanah, so we'll be adding Yalav Yavai. In the Shman Esrei, uh, again, for Mincha this afternoon and all of, all of, uh, all of Shabbos. Tomorrow, as I say, is Shabbos Kodesh Parshas Nishpatim, but because it's a three, uh, Sefer Torah week, what we'll do is, uh, we'll only call up six people to the, uh, Parsha of the week. In other words, uh, the final stop that we usually make at Shavi, uh, will skip. So therefore we only call up six people to the actual Pasha. We then bring on the second Sefer Torah, which is the one from which we lay the Rosh Chodesh laning. That becomes Aliyah number seven. We then bring the third Sefer Torah to the Bima, say Kaddish over Sefer Torah number two and three. And from the third Sefer Torah, we read uh, Pashat Shekalim and the Haftarah because we always align the Haftarah with the, what we learn from Aftir. The Haftarah is the special Haftarah from Malachim Beis, Ben Sheva Shonim, the Haftarah of Pashas, Pashas Shkolim. Uh, because it's Rosh Chodesh, so we say the special Musaf of Atayetzarta, and usually, usually in the article, so it's below the, below the, the line. Uh, we say that for, for, for Musaf. And yeah. And then it's a quite an exciting day. And of course, uh, um, we carry on. Rosh Chodesh is the entire, the entire day. Shabbos Kodesh. Uh, and again, even my Mincha will say Yav Yavai. No, it's at Kosla because of Rosh Chodesh. Shabbos Kodesh ends tomorrow night at 7.24. 24 minutes past, uh, 7 is, is, uh, is Shabbos, is Shabbos over. And, as we are only two weeks away from Purim, two weeks from today will be will be Purim, and lots to speak about, lots to sort of figure out how we're going to organize Purim this year, both in terms of reading the Megillah, uh, 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 you know, how we're going to see to it that everyone is able to hear uh, the Megillah without having kind of uh, dangerous size crowds, and the whole how we're going to work out. Delivering of Shlach Monas and what kind of things are we gonna, are we gonna send? And of course, because it's Friday, the whole uh, situation with the Purim feast, the Purim Suda has to be changed. We usually have it late in the afternoon. Can't do that. It's Erev Shabbos. So for many, many, many vantage points, it's gonna be a very, very unique kind of, kind of Purim. And, but of course, it's a time of Simcha Adar. It's such an amazing month. And, and we really hope that it's going to be a month that's just filled with all kinds of bracha and all kinds of Yeshuas. We need so many Yeshuas and we need so many Rafuas and there's so many people who are having difficult, difficult times. Please God, the whole aura, the whole atmosphere of, of Simcha should pervade 
and 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 sort of turn the whole situation right side up and and back where it, where it needs where it needs to be. We are we are learning the laws of of Chalmoid, uh, and we're dealing particularly with doing things that need to be done for a uh, a, a mitzvah. And we were up to talking about um, the concept of a a sefer Torah. So, of course, we, we said that uh, what is allowed to be done for the Yom Tov, or where we're going to permit the, the, the performance of a professional uh, uh, type of work, is only either, let's say, food preparation, or, or things that we, you know, which would include uh, a water system, or things that are for personal use for 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 the uh, for the young so therefore you would not be allowed to write a sefer Torah on uh, on on Chalmoid. obviously uh, to sit and write sefer Torah that sefer Torah is not going to be available for use on 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 Yantav. and therefore if it's not needed for the Yantav, then Safras is definitely a professional activity and, and therefore would not be, would not be permitted. And you really can't even write one letter from a Sefer Torah because that definitely is a professional labor that is only would be allowed if you need it actually for Chalmoid. In, in the Shulchan Aruch, he brings a case of, let's say there was no Sefer Torah in, in town and theoretically, you could organize a large enough team of seifrim that in the three, four days of Chalmoid, they would be able to write a whole Sefer Torah so that for Yom Tov you would have a usable Sefer Torah, then it would be something that is definitely Tzorah Chalmoid, and although it's a professional activity, it would be permitted. But you would need quite a team to be able to write a whole Sefer Torah in, in three or four, in three or four days. However, in a situation where Sefer Torah needs some kind of a repair, and if that repair, repair is not a professional activity, so that you would even be allowed to do on, on Cholmoy, even if we don't need the Sefer Torah for Cholmoy, because a non-professional activity can even be done if it's not Lutzarach. Ha, right? Um, if it's a tzorach mitzvah, if it's a mitzvah activity, even though it's not the tzorach hamoyed, and it's a, and it's a plain activity, it's not a professional activity, it's a davar hedget, that would be mut. So therefore, let's say you have a sefitara in, and you're using it on the, on Yom Tov, and let's say you found there was an extra letter in, in the, in the sefitara. So you'd be allowed to erase that that letter. And if you have two letters that are touching each other, which makes the Sefer Torah invalid, you'd be allowed to scrape away a bit of ink. So now they're two separate, now they're two uh, 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 separate letters. And similarly, if uh, if some of the unk, the ink jumped off, so just the Outline is there, and that's not the blackness. You'll be allowed to take uh, take uh, ink and and black in the the letter because that's definitely not a a professional professional uh, activity at uh, at at all. Um, if someone is learning Torah that and knows that uh, if he writes down summaries of what he's learning, he'll be able to concentrate much better. So therefore, since his writing is for the purpose of a mitzvah, he's allowed to write his summaries on uh, on a normal normal uh, writing or on a computer. As you said before, it's probably even better to use to use a uh, a, a a computer. We're going to come back with our very final segments in a moment. It's so great having you with us. This is one one point nine High FM. The program is Soul to Soul, and this is the greatest. Jewish radio station in all of Africa. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. 101.9 Hi FM, this is Soul to Soul Friday afternoon here in Johannesburg. I'm Moshe here. As we sort of close out our show today, we have just one more 
quick halacha. Let's say you know, everyone's home and you want to you want to take advantage, and you'd like to make a hachnasa sefer Torah on on chalmoit. So you wouldn't be allowed to leave the last few letters undone, and that they would have to be written on chalmoit because again the actual writing we said is a professional uh, activity and therefore can't be done if it isn't literally for the for the yomtiv. But what you could do is, as they do, usually draw the outline and it just needs to be colored in and, and, and filled in. That is not a professional activity. That's considered a melechah's hedger, a normal activity, and that will be allowed to be done if it's the tzarech, if it's the tzarech uh, 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 mitzvah. Now, if someone uh, needs to make a bris, and the bris is scheduled to be on Isruchag, the day after Yontif, and there's no way you're going to be able to, after Yontif is over, to to prepare all the catering and all the suit that you need to prepare, you'll be allowed to prepare that festive bris meal even on Cholomoy. And even though, generally speaking, one's not allowed to prepare from uh, from Cholomoyed uh, to a weekday, since this is a necessity for a, a mitzvah, and it's, as long as what you're doing is not a professional activity, that would be allowed to be done even even on on uh, on, on So we get to towards the end of of our of our uh, show. And uh, as we enter this month of the this period of of Chodesh Adar Chodesh of Ashenepach Lahem Miyoga in the Simcha was a month where everything was turned over and everything was transferred from despair and, and sadness to Simcha from darkness to a great to a great uh, a light and and Mishibur from being kind of under the boot and enslaved to, to real to real redemption. Let's offer together a, a heartfelt tefillah to HaKadosh Baruch our Father in Heaven. Please look down on us with, with favor and see all the efforts that we're making in, in, in with, with tremendous, tremendous mysterious nefesh in, in our davening, in our learning, in trying to be better between one another, between Ben Adam Lachavera, which is as important as our mitzvahs between us and Hashem, and, and, and shine your light on us, and bring us all the things we need, bring us all the refuah, so all the people that, that need a refuah, all the people that need Yeshua, that need salvation, all the people that are, are really having a hard time, let them see the light, let them see the, the, the purpose that it all was, bring us, bring us back to real happiness, bring us back to real rejoicing, bring us to may it happen very, very speedily, in the meantime, an amazing, amazing, a good chodesh, and a good Shabbos, enjoy this triple header, Shabbos, make it something joyous, make it something special, and let's turn this other into an absolute, uh, 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 joyous, joyous situation, and from me to all of you, a good Shabbos and a good Chaydish tour. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life.